This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Craig Kopp, reporting that you better be on Twitter if you want to keep up with Florida government, even if you're on the floor of the House. Um, The governor is in support of the concept, and I understand this is late breaking news. Um, You can look at it right now on on the great thing called Twitter. That's Republican Randy Fine revealing Governor Ron DeSantis now supports a move to withhold money from school districts that went against the state on mask mandates. Today, the House has the third and final reading of a bill that would ban abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Pro-choice activists will not be quiet about that. We will have people rallying over to the Capitol, and we also have activists ready to um, sit in on the boat all day to bear witness to what's going on. Sunrise talks to the Florida Alliance of Planned Parenthood Affiliates about a planned march and demonstration at the Capitol. Today is Wild Florida Day in Tallahassee. Isn't the legislative session wild enough? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great point, Craig. But it is. It's going to be a wild Florida Wednesday in the state capitol, perhaps even wilder than normal. Calm down. It's all about nature conservation. And there are moves to make public swim-up bars legal in Florida. Who knew they weren't? But first... The House is going through its budget now, and the putting parents first adjustment is getting a lot of attention. That would give less money to the 12 school districts that kept mask mandates in place after an executive order from the governor and then a law said they couldn't. Republican Representative Randy Fine, who shepherded the pre-K through 12 budget for schools, said the idea was not about punishment, but rather accountability. What it does is it rewards 55 school districts that followed the law and holds the other the other 12 school districts accountable. What I would note, though, is that every school district in the state of Florida will be receiving an increase in funds under this budget. Those 12 school districts, the most you can say is their budget would not be increasing as much. Fine was repeatedly questioned about punishing kids by withholding funds. He said that was a misinterpretation. I think that the fact that the corporate media can't do math is something that maybe we should look at elsewhere. But as I said, in this budget, even with a putting parents first adjustment, every school district in the state of Florida will be seeing an increase. What you can say is it's not increasing as much as it otherwise would. To try to make the math simple, we are proposing to increase the education budget by $1.2 billion. If that is spread around equally, which it's not, but in general, if that were spread around equally and you were to look at the $200 million, you would be reducing one-sixth of the increase. As I said, every school district in the state of Florida will be receiving an increase, but 55 school districts, the vast majority of which followed the law, put parents first and respecting parents' rights, they will be rewarded for what it is that they did. Democratic Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith wondered why the idea of holding back money is still around when it doesn't even have the support of Governor Ron DeSantis. My question is, why is this still in the budget if the governor has already openly said that he doesn't believe it's appropriate for us to be punishing children in this punitive way? Turns out Smith was just a beat behind on that. Representative Fine, you're recognized. Um, I think, and I'm actually looking at it right now. Um, Hold on, sorry. 
So um, after discussions personally that I've had with the governor over the last few days, um, the governor is in support of the concept. And I understand this is late breaking news. Um, you can look at it right now on, on the great thing called Twitter. Um, what he has asked is something that we agree with, is the notion of ensuring that we make sure our proviso, which it already does, say that these, these, re these reductions in growth must come entirely from central offices, which are doing all sorts of things. And we can talk about that. There can be no pro programmatic cuts in any programs facing students. But the governor is on board now. Representative Smith, you're recognized. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Uh, okay, so thank you for breaking the news that the governor supports the putting parents first deduction of $200 million from schools uh, who defied him on mask mandates. Today, the House will have the third and final reading of House Bill 5, which would ban abortions after 15 weeks. It seems virtually certain of passage, and the governor's indicated his support. But for pro-choice groups, it's not over till it's over. A group of abortion rights activists will march to the Capitol this afternoon to voice their opposition. Sunrise talked with Florida Alliance of Planned Parenthood affiliate statewide organizer Lauren Brazell about what they hope to accomplish. Unfortunately, we're anticipating the third reading of the 15-week um, abortion ban in the state, which is the time when our representatives will vote. Um, and we know, unfortunately, in Florida, we don't have the votes to protect people from a ban on abortion. So we're going to have our activists come to bear witness to, unfortunately, our representatives likely taking an unconstitutional and unpopular stance on this bill and, and passing a 15-week abortion ban through the House. So you're accepting the fact that this is the third reading. It's going to be approved. So you just want to make some sort of statement. And how will you do that? Yeah, we want to make some sort of statement. And also now we are looking to our senators. They're the ones who are supposed to uphold our Constitution, right? We know that um, medical privacy is protected in the Florida Constitution. And we also know that the vast majority of Floridians don't support a ban on abortion. So we're hoping that having people show up and continue to speak out, as we've been doing for all this session, we're going to fight at every level. Um, so we will have people rallying over to the Capitol, and we also have activists ready to um, sit in on the boat all day to bear witness to what's going on. And unfortunately, our legislators pushing this unpopular and extremist policy to to appeal to a very small base of Floridians who want to see an abortion ban. It seems like you've had some trouble, at least in one committee hearing, in terms of uh, having people who are opposed to this piece of legislation have their say. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing it everywhere in the Capitol right now. Unfortunately, our legislators are focusing on these divisive culture wars instead of focusing on what they need to be. We have a major housing crisis here in Florida, right? Rent has raised by 20% in the last year. Housing is becoming entirely unaffordable for a new generation of homeowners. And we also know that like the cost of uh, goods is not keeping up with people's wages. People are in crisis right now. They're dealing with the very real impacts of what COVID-19 has done to our state. And unfortunately, we are seeing our legislators focusing on things like abortion bans, on the awful white fragility bill to try to ban talking about race in any kind of like critical thinking way in the classrooms. And we're seeing it with the don't say gay bill too. And I think that our legislators, unfortunately, are not making the time to hear people. So tomorrow, are, how are you going to get these voices heard? You're going to march to the Capitol and around the Capitol and then what? 
And then we're just going to make sure that we are watching them. We're going to practice the decorum. We got very clear message from them that they want to make sure that we are practicing the decorum of the Capitol, even though, unfortunately, our legislators aren't doing the same, right? When they're passing this anti-women, anti-trans, homophobic, racist legislation, they're not respecting Floridians in the same way. But we are willing to abide by their rules. But we want them to know that we're watching and that people will be watching going into 2022. They're trying to push this abortion ban fast because they know that Florida voters don't like an abortion ban. So this is the first time that we're going to signal to them and also signaling forward to our senators that we have our eyes on them as they're passing this um, awful and really dangerous legislation. Talk to me a little bit about the effects of this law if it indeed does pass out of the legislature and is signed by the governor and he's indicated his support of this Give me some ideas about how the world will change. Yeah, so there is a consistent, basically, attack on um, people's bodies in the South, unfortunately. And cutting off access to care in Florida will mean that even more folks, not just in Florida, but in the South as a whole, will be limited to the access of safe and legal abortion, particularly after 15 weeks. Um, If they were to ban this, Floridians would have to travel as far as North Carolina and perhaps even further to access safe and legal abortion after 15 weeks. Um, And we shouldn't be having to do that. Again, we're we're talking about like the financial burdens that Floridians are under. This is a private medical decision. Everybody's story of why they access abortion is unique, and they shouldn't have to plan for out-of-state travel to access that care. The other thing about this is we know the same kind of lawmakers who are passing this kind of legislation are the people who would be able to access abortion under any circumstance. Um, It's wealthy and out-of-touch individuals who think that traveling all the way to North Carolina is not an impediment. Um, And for most Floridians, that's a huge impediment, and, and it's an unconstitutional impediment, and it's not anything that people should have to worry about in our state right now. We're talking about, again, safe and legal health care that the vast majority of individuals support. So who all will be uh, marching on the Capitol tomorrow? Yeah, we have activists coming from um, a little bit from um, Orlando and St. Pete, but also the vast majority of folks are going to be from Tallahassee. Um, we really believe in mobilizing our base here in Tallahassee to talk to their legislators. Tallahassee kind of a remote place, but it's also one of the most important places in our state, right, where people can really make their voices heard. So we'll be having our students from FSU and FAMU come out and um, Tallahassee community members as well. The march will start before the session, I assume? Yes, we'll be meeting at one thirty at the Florida People's Advocacy Center. And then marching to the Capitol and then just around? Are you going inside? How's that going to work? We're going to go inside and we're going to be peaceful inside. I want to make that really clear because there has been um, there's been conversation about that, right? Some students were very rightfully upset and did chanting, totally nonviolent chanting, left the committee when they were asked to. Um, but we're frustrated about driving all the way from places like Miami and Tampa in order to have their voices heard and not being allowed to give their testimony. So I do just want to make it really clear. I think that comparing um, banning abortion and comparing um, people being uncomfortable to talk about the fact that they're gay in schools and being afraid to teach about race is far more divisive and dangerous than um, young people chanting in committee because they're mad that they haven't been heard. But do just want to make it really clear, I think, that our plan since the Florida Alliance of Planned Parenthood tomorrow is to um, keep with the decorum of the building. And we can only hope that our legislators will match up to that challenge as well. Lauren, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care. 
On a lighter note, it's Wild Florida Wednesday at the Capitol. It's not what you think. This event is about the wildlife and lands that make Florida special and the continuing effort to preserve that. Sunrise talked with Tracy Dean, CEO of Conservation Florida, about Wild Florida Wednesday. Isn't the legislative session wild enough? point, Craig, but it is. It's going to be a wild Florida Wednesday in the state capitol, perhaps even wilder than normal. Conservation Florida, who I represent as CEO, and our partners, the Florida Wildlife Corridor Foundation and the Path of the Panther Project will be located in the capitol on plaza level and showcasing photographs by photographer Carlton Ward and artwork by Paul Schultz. So we encourage everybody in the building to stop by and say hello. There's some really important stuff going on behind those uh, photos. Carlton Ward Jr., I was around when the Florida Wildlife Corridor Foundation was started up and they started making their trips. Behind these photos uh, that, you know, I'm sure will stun everybody when they see them, you know, is a bigger picture about uh, conservation in the state of Florida and how important it is, right? That's, that's absolutely right. We have an extraordinary opportunity to conserve some of our most precious places in our state. And actually, this is a big part of what we're celebrating uh, this Wild Florida Wednesday. You know, from the sand hills to the swamps, Floridians don't always agree. And, you know, that's particularly evident during legislative session. Uh, but we do find common ground in the actual land that we share. It's this, you know, overwhelming love for place and and who we are. And I believe that it's a significant unifier in our state. The Wild Florida Reception will mark an opportunity to celebrate both Florida's rich conservation legacy. You know, what we have been able to achieve in the past is extraordinary and it's promising future. Everyone who is or has been a part of conserving our state. So land conservation is a tool that protects the places we love offers habitat and room to roam for our native species, cleans and stores our water, protects ample outdoor recreational opportunity, supports our family farms and ranches, and conserves the Florida Wildlife Corridor, all while you know safeguarding our natural heritage and uh, accounting for our future growth. So uh, we have led the way in conservation efforts in the past, and you know Florida is leading the way again. So we're celebrating that together on the 22nd floor. Are you going to be showing the Florida Wildlife Corridor documentary? We will be offering a free public screening of Saving the Florida Wildlife Corridor in the Capitol Courtyard promptly after the reception. And we will invite everybody attending the reception downstairs. But anybody who's not able to make the reception is invited to join us from 7 to 8 p.m in the Capitol Courtyard for a screening of a truly wonderful, wonderful film. It is fantastic. Explain to people who um, may have somehow not gotten hip to this, what the Florida Wildlife Corridor is. It's it's basically making sure that the wildlife in the state of Florida, the way I put it, you know, can get around. <laughs> yes, that's actually a great way to put it. You know, the Florida Wildlife Corridor is a geography. It's it's a vision. It is a greenway of sorts that connects the Florida Keys all the way to the Panhandle, to the Alabama border. It is a 
grouping of both protected and unprotected lands that would create a statewide wildlife corridor that would provide room to roam uh, for uh, some of our most iconic species like the Florida panther. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting because it's not just you know public lands, but you know private people have to be involved in this. The people who own the land on, and 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 understand, and 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 they're coming to an understanding of how important this is uh, for the wildlife in the state. Exactly, and so Conservation Florida, the group that I represent, is uh, you know really on the front lines. We have a statewide um, vision for our state and. We are a land conservancy with a primary focus on saving land within the Florida Wildlife Corridor. So it's our ultimate goal to connect those protected lands and to work with private landowners within the corridor to achieve that statewide vision. Our partners at the Florida Wildlife Corridor Foundation are really elevating the tremendous work of so many of our conservation partners, um, combining conservation science with compelling imagery and rich storytelling and inspiring the work. And our partners at Path of the Panther are um, in collaboration with National Geographic Society and really inspiring the conservation of the land that the Florida Panther needs. So together, uh, the three groups are going to be making it a wilder (laughs) Wednesday in the state capitol. You know, everybody talks about how many people are coming to Florida now. And, and uh, you know, there are going to be pressures on our wild areas uh, as more and more people come. Absolutely. So as Florida grows by, you know, nearly a thousand newcomers each day, we're projected to exceed 30 million people in our state by 2060. And in comparison, you know, when my grandfather was growing up here, there were only 2 million. So that's in, in one lifetime, we've seen that tremendous growth. So with that growth comes a a greater demand for our water and the development of our rural and natural lands for urban use. And listen, I I love this state so much. I know this is the best place in the world to live and work and raise a family. And and I get that. Um, and, And we celebrate that. But we also know that how we manage our natural resources over the next 10 to 20 years and and what we save and what we pave will determine not only Florida's conservation future, but the future of Florida as a whole. And so Conservation Florida is a, a firm advocate for meaningful, consistent funding of our state's most successful conservation programs, including you know, Florida Forever and the Rural and Family Lands Program and the Florida Communities Trust. So we are always chatting with anybody who's willing to hear about the importance of funding those programs and the importance of protecting the Florida Wildlife Corridor and utilizing those programs. Tracy Dean of Conservation Florida. Uh, Have a wild time, but not too wild. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I'll see you out there. Thanks, Greg. Here's some of what's happening in Florida politics today. The Senate Health and Human Services Appropriations Subcommittee will take up a proposal that would make a series of changes in the state's Medicaid managed care program. The changes would include consolidating 11 regions into eight. The Senate Transportation, Tourism, and Economic Development Appropriations Subcommittee will consider a bill that would make a series of changes related to specialty license plates. The Senate Agriculture, Environment, and General Government Appropriations Subcommittee will consider a bill that would make changes in the property insurance system and address issues like coverage of roof damage claims. 
The Senate Criminal and Civil Justice Appropriations Subcommittee will take up a proposal that would strengthen laws against human trafficking, including addressing prostitution-related crimes. The Senate Education Appropriations Subcommittee will consider a proposal that would require the designation of November 7 as Victims of Communism Day. And as we said, the House is scheduled to hold a floor session. These House committees will meet today. The House Civil Justice and Property Rights Subcommittee, the House Infrastructure and Tourism Appropriations Subcommittee, the House Insurance and Banking Subcommittee, the House Secondary Education and Career Development Subcommittee, the House Finance and Facilities Subcommittee, the House Government Operations Subcommittee, the House Pre-K through 12 Appropriations Subcommittee, and the House Regulatory Reform Subcommittee. Also, Speaker of the Florida House Chris Sprouls will hold a press conference this afternoon to highlight legislation addressing the fatherhood crisis in Florida. Sprouls will be joined by Senate President Wilton Simpson, members of the Florida legislature, and representatives from fatherhood and at-risk youth groups. Democratic Representative Marie Woodson and some first-generation refugees and their families will come together at the state capitol for the fourth annual refugee celebration. It highlights the contribution of refugees. The Florida Polytechnic University Board of Trustees will meet after holding a workshop today. The Commission on Mental Health and Substance Abuse will meet. The State Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission will meet today. The Alzheimer's Foundation of America will hold an Alzheimer's Disease Educational Conference for Floridians. The Commission for the Transportation Disadvantaged will meet this afternoon. And the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services Industrial Hemp Advisory Council will have an afternoon meeting. And finally, you ever been to a swim-up bar? If you've been to Mexico or Vegas or a lot of other places, you just may have swum up for an adult or not-so-adult beverage. But you haven't done that in Florida. That's because swim-up bars in Florida are illegal. Who knew? Well, I knew when the House State Administration and Technology Committee unanimously approved a bill from Winter Springs Republican Representative David Smith that allows the construction and operation of swim-up bars serving food and beverages at hotels, theme parks, and entertainment venues. One more committee, and it's on to the House floor. Right now, you can have a swim-up bar at your home, but state law prohibits them in public pools because food and beverages are not allowed there. If the bill gets passed, the Department of Health would be in charge of swim-up bars at public lodging establishments, theme parks, and entertainment complexes. The bill's sponsor, Representative Smith, stated the obvious. Yes, it's hard to believe as a top tourist destination, that's an amenity we don't currently have in Florida. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Craig Kopp. Join us again tomorrow as we do another daily dive into Florida politics. 